0: He stretches the heavens like curtains before
1: Him. He forms every star
0: and He calls them by name. He does not grow weary. His strength knows no end. The greatness of our God none can comprehend. like unto our God Who is like unto our God There's no one before Him No one beside Him There is no other No, no one like Him There is no power Praise like our God, our God. His voice is like thunder, His word is forever, His love is unfailing, it flows like a river worthy of glory and honor, and power and praise are gone. Do not fear The Lord is my keeper My strength and my song Mighty in battle He fights for his own Tell me who is like unto us like unto our God. There's no one before Him, no one beside Him. like thunder his word is forever his love is unfailing and flows like a river worthy of glory and honor and power and praise is our God There is no one before Him. Verse 5. There's no one before Him. No one beside Him. There is no other. No, no one like Him. There is no power more great. No one worthy of praise like our God. Like thunder, His word is forever, His love is unfailing, It flows like a river, Worthy of glory and honor, Power and praise is our God.
1: Church said, Amen. 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 Good to be in the house of the Lord again. Good to see everyone's faces as we enjoy the feels like coming out from winter and summer. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. I'll give you a quick update on Sister Debbie Seminak from Brother Ed. Sister Debbie is home. She has been able to get up and move around a bit. She's had her first meal. Today, since Friday, and has been able to hold food down. She still has pain, but is able to manage it. Which is is something we've been fighting since this start started. We thank the Lord for this and continue to pray and appreciate the ongoing support and prayers of the saints. We thank God; it's all going the right direction. Healing is a process, so we take it step by step. Also, spoke to Brother Andrew Malcolm. They are expecting to keep him in the hospital as he gains a little bit of strength for a couple of weeks, and then they want to have him into a rehabilitative state. He's very weak, um, and he has his ups and downs still. Let's keep our brother in prayer. Brother Andrew is one of those that you don't always see or notice, but I'll tell you what, we miss him. Isn't that right, Brother Jeff? We miss him. <laughs> Amen. And also, just so you know, Sister Laura Collins is um just been maintaining, and from where the doctor said she was supposed to be two to three weeks ago, we thank God that she's still here, and she's moving forward, and (laughs) we want to keep that. (laughs) So we thank God. Let's just continue to uphold those things. I'm sure you're all um, uh, aware and keeping uh, up to date with Ukraine. You hear it on the news. It's Russia and Ukraine. Brother Barry Coffey has updates on his website, Hickory Bible Tabernacle, and he's in Poland, and he's sharing some of the direct things with the believers. I, I t- it just gives us a heart. It's not a distant thing. You know, we don't know what day these things come to our door and where it is, but we want to be a, a brother, and we want to be a sister and help them. And I, I think in one of the reports I heard from and there was um, a sister who was... Um, in a gathering somewhere and she had to leave for something to, to pick up something for 15 minutes and it was in a school and while she was gone a, a, a bomb hit the building and God is watching over his people so but it's not without a test of, of faith. Amen. The borders are opening and uh, we're happy for that. They're going to remove the testing um, Brother Andy's, Daniel Andes would have loved that to have been uh, before he came, because that was a struggle. But was it worth it? <laughs> was that worth it? <laughs> that was a, was a blessing. I, I trust you were blessed. I, we had been working on that since last November and trying to get that to come together, but it was worth it to, to come together as it did. We've also been had some things ourselves. We've had some invitations, and one of them, we were scheduled to go to Newfoundland and uh, minister they Newfoundland is like another country it's overseas right and uh, you know they if you were vaccinated you still had to come in and quarantine if you were coming from another province and they just stopped that a little while ago and so Brother Gerald Luss has, has a church there and Jonathan Curlet is helping and, and moving in that and we were scheduled to go tomorrow but they had a couple of things come up with some cases so we've postponed that a week Lord willing we're going to be going there for some services, and there's other things, but we just trust the Lord. While we're standing, I'm sorry to keep you waiting, but the musicians, let's just go directly to the Word, if we can. Uh, John chapter 14, if we can, verse 19, John 14, verse 19, it's always difficult to preach the service after the special meetings, and so I usually like to give that to another brother, but... <laughs> I, I determined that today I'll do it, and I only am doing it because yesterday we had a prayer meeting, and the service after the prayer meeting is always a good service. So hopefully that neutralizes the effect that I'm going through. I mean, I was I was going to take my tech from the Book of Acts, and and in Acts chapter two they had you know the outpouring of the Spirit and the souls are all saved, and then in Acts chapter three uh, is the next day. I may not be the next day, may be there. But at the hour of prayer, Peter and John went to the temple to pray. So no matter how great it was, it didn't stop them from doing what they were called to do. And so that's what we want to do today. So John chapter 14, we're going to read verse 19, the words of Jesus, some of the most intimate words to his disciples, yet a little while, and the world sees me no more, but you see me because I live YOU SHALL LIVE ALSO. AT THAT DAY YOU SHALL KNOW THAT I AM IN MY FATHER, AND YOU IN ME, AND I IN YOU. Our brother John was ministering a couple of weeks ago and he says, we believe the presence of God is here. But where are we praying? Where's the God that we're praying to? Is he the God up in the rafters? I think is how you illustrated it. And is No, he's the God who's right here. The God that covers all time and space. He's right here. He leads us. He directs us. You know, so we're not looking so much to an outside teacher as an inside teacher. And he's the fountain of all wisdom. So he would say at that day you shall know I am in my Father, you in me, and I in you. He that hath, now listen to these words, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Now, I'll I'll maybe just keep reading. Just I'll make comment on it later. Judas said unto him, not Iscariot, said, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the words." He that loveth me, not, keeping not my sayings, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me, these things have I spoken unto you, being yet presence, present with you. But when the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. There's more I'd like to read in John chapter 15, but we'll stop right there and let's just Have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, how dependent we are upon you for every service. Lord, how necessary it is. Lord, no matter how much we enjoyed the food of yesterday, it was a new day, and we needed to eat food for our physical being again today. So is it with the spiritual man, Lord. We can't live off of yesterday's food or yesterday's experience, but, Lord, we want to feed on the Word of God. Lord, you are our sustainer. You're our help, and we're inviting you, Lord, to minister to us. Forgive us, Lord, our shortcomings, Lord, and I pray that you will speak to us and encourage us and lift us up, Lord, in the holy faith, we ask. Bless your people, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. man. you may have your seats. I will go at this point to John chapter 15. If you still have your Bible, we're going to read in verse 4. But in the scriptures we read, Jesus is talking about keeping the word, keeping the commandments. Now, the com- this, is, this is with a difference, though, because the commandments were since the book of Exodus, Israel couldn't keep the commandments. Our natural man cannot keep the commandments of God. It's contrary to us. It's not not becoming to the nature of fallen man to keep the word of God. But now Jesus is saying, when I come into you, and now it's not just, and and I'm going to try and just condense my words, it's to come into the presence of God is a wonderful thing because it makes God alive, and, and, and it feels wonderful to even your outside being, your, your, your spirit realm, but it's greater than, the, than just the presence of God. I, I, I will just move in this, but Jesus here is saying, if you love me, you'll keep my words, and I'm going to help you. My Father's going to come, and we're going to help you to keep it, and and you're going to know this because He's going to be in you, and He's going to teach you all things, and He's going to direct you. So now in John 15, verse 4, abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Right. My, I'll tell you what, you think you get a little lifted up and I can do this and I got this. I'll tell you what, you'll find out very, after a very quick while that, no, I can't do anything, Lord, only, only you can. Right. If a man abide not in me, he's cast forth as a branch, he's withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Now, this is a furtherment of the abiding. Now, uh, that's what I want to just speak is on, on some of the abiding in him. And he says, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples As the Father has loved me, so I love you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. I I hope I didn't read that too fast, and I I just pray that there's some context there that we want to take out. We're going to turn to a a very familiar verse in the book of Philemon. Uh, I just was watching to see what the reaction, because every time I turn, this is a familiar verse. Yeah, The book of Philemon, page 1286, if you have a Schofield Bible. Uh, In case you're looking for it, it's right after the book of Titus, okay, Philemon. Philemon, this is one of the uh, books of the Bible, and it's actually talking about a man who's a slave, he's a Christian, he's fled from his, he, he left his master and he fled to Rome. But he has a conversion while he's in Rome, and now Paul is sending him back to his master saying, don't beat him up. He wasn't serving you in the right way before, but he's, he's going to be better now. Don't beat him up. You know, it's amazing that this whole chapter is, is this whole chapter's in, in the Bible here. But we'll read verse 1, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, Unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer, we're going to not read more than that. I, you can go into the context of that. When we discussed here earlier, now, being in the presence of God, and I, I'll I'll just bring a couple quotes here. Brother Branham would speak in why some people can't keep the victory. We've enjoyed the meetings. We've enjoyed the presence of God but God ministered things that need to be employed in our lives. So it's not just having a memory, but it's translating that memory into something. So when you look at the word disciple, which Jesus used in John 15, a disciple is a student, is a learner, is a follower. It isn't just an experience. We We have come out of a Pentecostal age where it's all about the next encounter in the presence of God. But God wants it to be a continual outflowing in our daily lives, because you'll you'll only you'll you won't. It's just like the saying goes: you know, you don't you don't grow the grow the fruit the fruit on the top of the mountain. It grows in the valley. The character that we're, we, 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 the molding takes place in the valley, not in the special meetings. The meetings are the refreshing. They're the, the presence of God. They encourage us to move on. But a student is a learner, a, a, a follower, a, a, true, a, a true disciple. Now this is, this is right out of Webster's Dictionary. A disciple is a student, a learner, a follower, but a true disciple is one who applies what he has learned. So I don't want to just take that and say, Lord, that was wonderful, and, you know, hey, you guys had good meetings, and yeah, you did? what, what was spoken? I don't know, but it was good. I think we, we want to go beyond that. I think if we're honest, the Lord spoke certain things to us, and now we've got to come back and say, Lord employ them in my life. Let me be disciplined. Let me be. The, the, the root word discipline comes out of the same root work as disciple. So to be a disciple is to be one disciplined. I, I trust your, I, I know Brother John sang some wonderful songs and we could carry on in that, but I'm, I'm going to just change gears a little bit, okay? So stay with me. Paul had a great experience. Paul had a, a marvelous experience on the road to Damascus, but it shook him to his core. It, it put him in a place where he says, this is God, because no Hebrew who was learned in the Bible would call that pillar of fire Lord unless he knew it was a reality that had come to him. So it was something very real to him. So what did Paul do? Did he keep going down that same road and looking for that pillar of fire? Did he do that? Did he, did he keep doing that? No, Paul, if you find it wasn't too long, he went into Arabia for three years to establish what he believed to, to match the experience that he'd gone into. You can't just feed off of an experience. You need, you need something greater t- for stabilization in this day. You're not always going to feel God when you're in the middle of a bunch of unbelievers cursing in in the workplace. You're not always going to feel God when you're in your job and in a truck and and driving down the road. You're not going to feel God when you're out shopping and doing things. You might. You can. But I would just say is we need to have an anchor, something that we can go to. The the last service our, our brother Daniel spoke, consider the Lord Jesus Christ. Consider the the, the, the the great contradiction of witnesses that were against him consider these things so we live we live in a very uh undisciplined age It's an age where there is so many things that that take us off course our, if we could chart our, our path uh, brother brother daniel's brother john you know was 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 out evangelizing for a number of months. And at the end of each month, he would send me the Google app, which showed all the places he'd been. And, and, and Google has a really good recording. They just, yeah, he was in, in 109 places this month, and in, in, in 18 airports, and in da-da-da-da, and, and all of these things. And, and I look at mine, and it goes, you were in three places. <laughs> I said, well, <laughs> thank the Lord. Now, if you would take that but you would take our path as it is serving the Lord. okay You came to church, you, you read your Bible. but now we, if we would measure the application of it as, as we move, as we move through our daily walk, and, and we say, well, I, I, I kind of veered off here, and then I went off here, and then and, and, and it was something that pulled me. You know, the Holy Ghost, if you get the Holy Ghost, it, it, it needs to feed on the word of God. Uh, the Holy Ghost, it does not mean you're immune from temptation. Rather, the Holy Ghost will help you to, to put up with the temptations, to take your, your genetic defects that are in your natural birth and bring them under subjection. I'll, I'll tell you what, this is not uh, fun sometimes. In, in the Laodicea where it's like, sit back, let's watch what's going on, but I don't want to be engaged. Everybody wants to be the star that that catches the football or shoots the puck or do whatever, but not very many people want to spend the hours and the hours of labor and practice and fitness that it takes to get to that place. Everybody wants to get to heaven, but who wants to be the one that will apply himself, not that you can work through it, but to apply himself to be an overcomer in this last age. Now, I am speaking on on, on a subject that I'll, I'll come to, but it, this is really about organized religion, which is making everybody a prisoner versus the life of God, the Holy Ghost living in you. Because Brother Barnum would say, he went to a zoo, I don't know if it was in Cincinnati or somewhere, but he walked to this zoo and he saw this great cage and he looked at this eagle, and this eagle that was born to fly. And this, as it was trying, and it would just take its wings and just, this is what it was meant to do. And it would flop them and it would hit the walls of that cage. And he said that was the saddest sight that he saw. And then he said, no, that isn't the saddest sight. The saddest sight I saw is to see a man or a woman who was born to be free and to be a son of God and a daughter of God and, and to see the devil captive, hold them captive. You know, I, I think it was in, in Isaiah when they actually will look at the devil and, 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 and incredulously say, This is the man, this is the guy that bound people that would re- not release the prisoners from their captivity. Yeah, that was the guy, he was a deceiver. But I believe we're not called to that, and, and God has called us to more than that. So I, I, I want to just take this for a moment. So it takes some discipline. Paul would say to Timothy, study to show yourself approved. You, you've met God, you've done something, now give yourself to it. The Bible would say, and I believe, believe it was Psalms 109, it, and David would say, this and this, but he says, but I give myself to prayer. So it, it, it takes a discipline to give yourself to something. I, 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 I trust that you're, you're with me, friends. This, this is as important as it is being in the presence of God. Let's just go to Galatians, or sorry, First Corinthians 9. First Corinthians 9. Now, now Paul is... is Speaking here, and he's he's talking about his liberty in Christ, and yet he's been given um, a dispensation of the gospel, and he talks about how he's free from every man, but he makes himself a servant in verse nineteen, like he became a Jew to the Jews, and etc. But now in verse twenty-two, he would uh, let's go to twenty-four. He would say, now know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is perfect in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I I never cease to be amazed at, at people that follow sports and statisticians and and saying, this guy has achieved something that no other person has achieved. He's played a record of so many games in a row. He's scored so many goals. He's done so much. This will never be repeated. You're right, it won't be repeated because the end of the world is here and there's not going to be enough time to repeat these things. But I think about all of this effort and all of this, and, and for what? Some earthly trophy that you put in your case and, and you can do it. There was a story about this, this, this football team in England where they, they won this trophy. They finally got to the pinnacle and one of, one of the players, he'd worked all his life and he got there and here they're in the dressing room and he holds the trophy and he says, I thought there'd be more than this. And he, and he And they found that trophy three years later. They didn't even, the team had forgotten it. Nobody had it anymore. It was just a distant memory. But what we're laboring for tonight, what you labor for in your daily life, this has eternal reward. This will never be taken away from you. This has the greatest reward. Bigger than any of a million dollar sports star. Bigger than any businessman. Bigger than any, any fame that you could have is what we have with us right now. Now, so Paul is just saying, now, every man that's striving for this is temperate in all things. In other words, Brother Ram says, don't jump no higher than you live. Because the evidence, you know, I, 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 I had a couple of things that I pulled. He says, never judge your life by how much power you have to perform miracles. Oh, wow. We don't judge ourselves by how much knowledge we have of the Word. But judge yourself, look back, take inventory of the kind of fruit that the life you live, the life you presently live is bearing. So it, it we, we we could say our life had a lot of this, and a lot of up, and a lot of down. And I'm not saying it doesn't have that. But I think as we become established in the Word, it, it, it should balance out. The wave shouldn't go down as deep, and it shouldn't have to go as high, but it's, it's more like, okay, I'm at this place, but I, I'm not going to get... You know, I, I'll rejoice and give myself to God, but I, I'm i not going to go beyond where I'm living. I don't, I don't want to make a statement where I get discouraged the next day. Yeah. Now, Paul is just saying, take discipline. I, and I'm just saying, what we need to do, friends, is, is you've had the meeting, but don't let that stop Bible reading. Just take open your Bible and say, now, Lord, I'm in a good place. I'm not bombarded under pressure. Let me lay in some word. Let me lay in these things. You don't know what time God will use these things. I was a young man. I was single. I, I had moved to, out, out of, from the west, out east, a place where there wasn't a church. And, and yet, for, for months... I, would, I, I still don't regret it to this day. I would come home. I'd have my supper after work day and then I would s- sit in the basement and I would put the tape on. And I took my seal book. I took that and I listened to the tape and I underlined it. I took quotes. That still holds me to today. That still does something for me today. If you're a young person and you have never taken that time, start to make a practice of it. Start to give yourself to it. Because that's the presence that you are in. That's the God that's dealing with your heart. If you found this pearl of great price, give yourself to it. Don't just stand back and wait for it to come to you again and rescue you. No, you say, he rescued me. I'm not going to fall and walk the same way. I'm going to give myself to it. Let's go to Colossians chapter 2. We read this last Wednesday. Colossians chapter 2. Now, I'm speaking on whose prisoner are you, and this is Paul talking about a religious people that were prisoners, and he refers to a natural Laodicea, but we're talking about a spiritual Laodicea that we're in now. And he would say in verse 1, I would have you know what great conflict I have for you and them at Laodicea, as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. Verse 4, this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. Verse 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit and the tradition of men after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. Now, I don't know how many of you have ever had the opportunity to look at Pilgrim's Progress, but looking at Christian and his journey. Because Christian met some some obstacles along the way. and, And he found himself in, what was the... Was it was called a slew of despondency, and, and he found himself in different places. I'll tell you what, those things are very real. Friends, I, I trust you're here listening tonight. Don't, 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 you got just a few minutes. Give yourself to this. Don't, don't go somewhere else, please. And, and he would say, now, this is important because you're going to encounter these things somewhere. So he's saying, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. How many people are bound in, in, and want to serve God and they're trying to do it in the best, but they're bound by, by men's theology, by rules of men, by philosophies that were not ordained of God. Yeah. And we ourselves can get that way. We've, we come through things. Now Paul would, would say here, In verse 11, in whom you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in putting off of the body the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. So Now, you can't circumcise yourself uh, and and say, I'm going to follow the word, but Paul is now saying... You, you're, you're, you got Christ, that is the circumcision made without hands. When you have Christ, when you're in love with God, and you give yourself to Him, you do that willingly. Amen. And when you do it willingly, that, that's not a chain anymore. That's, that, that, you're you're, you're going to be a prison to one or two things. That's going to be to the, and it's coming down to this, that is to the, the religion of this world, which is being pushed as a one-man religion or you're going to be found in Christ. You're going to be found in one of those two places. And you're going to be a prisoner in those things. And he says now, in, in verse 13, And you being dead in sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, have you quickened together with him, having forgiven you of trespasses. I want to drop down just, I, I'm, I'm trying to, Paul would speak about, in verse 16, about you know, you got to eat something, drink something, have a holy day or a new moon or a Sabbath day. There are a shadow of things to come, but the bodies of Christ. Verse 18, let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humili- humility and worshiping of angels. You know, they were coming up on Easter, and I, I, I marvel sometimes at some of the nations which have such strong Catholicism. They replicate the, the cross and, and the carrying of the cross, and 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 they do it, and they're all weeping, and they're giving themselves to it, and they're remembering an event, and and they're engaged in that. But that same one is here today. That same one is in the Word of God today. That same one that was crucified back then is being crucified again today. And now Paul said, I'm moving quickly. I want to get to something. Verse 20. Wherefore, if you be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why, as though living in the world, are you subject to ordinances? Touch not, taste not, handle not, which all are to perish with the using after the commandments and doctrines of men, which things indeed have a show of wisdom in will, worship, and humility, and neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. Now, we we touched on this briefly, but that whole term, that will, in the Greek is, I can't repeat the word, it's to Kia anyway, it's will. Uh, I, I, uh, so the things that come to your mind that you've heard, Brother, Brother Daniel has, has, has three boys, and uh, one is Isaac, and, and one is Ethan, and one is Will, and Will is the singer, and uh, they've been, the, the boys, well, the older one's married, and he's been trying to coax Will into singing, he says, you know, this is how you do it, Brother Will, is you come to a sister. Hi, I'm Will, the will of God for your life. And, and he said, no, no, that's not going to do it. <laughs> anyway, that just came to me. I don't know, somewhere in our fellowship, that came out last, last weekend. Anyway, I'm sorry to distract you all. Wor- this will is a worship which one prescribes and devises for himself contrary to the contents and nature of faith. It's a misdirected zeal and and, and practices. Um, There's so much I would like to do in this, and I'm going to save some of this for another service. But will worship, if I can summarize it, is simply a mode of worship which man chooses for himself independent of the revelation which God has given him. And when you do that, you give yourself to a system of man and you find yourself entrapped. Now, I, I, if I will take this, this, this quote has always been one to me that, that, that is, is marvelous. Brother Daniel just took this uh, thought of, out of, I think, um, in 1965 where Brother Ram says, an eagle can be born in the chicken yard. And a real Christian, when the atmosphere is right, can be born in that, but he won't stay in that. Amen. A Christian will, if a Christian is born of the word of the hour, if he's really ego, he will not stay where he was born. So I, I want to just bring that because, because yeah, yeah, you can be in the right atmosphere, you can be quick and you can know this is not it, but you will move because when the He, the Holy Ghost, has come, He will lead you and guide you into all truth. Amen. So in marriage and divorce, Brother Adam would make this statement. It's just such a profound statement to me. Now that the seals are opened, the Spirit of truth directs us to the Word. So no matter how great your experience is, and listen, Paul always told everywhere, I had this great experience. But he also went and he said, it has to fit the word. It has to match the word of this hour. If it doesn't, it's wrong. There is so much I can go into this channel, but I I, want to just bring this. He says, that explains all the mistakes in the ages because the seals were opened. They were not revealed. It's a truth. So this, this will Worship is something that you initiate, it's something that you have, whether you've been deceived into it or whatever, but it's not recognizing the true headship that we're under. Now, when I was doing this last week, and it kind of brought me, and it brought me back to this again today, but Brother Bram would speak about the headship that we're under in this last age, and, um, but he, he, he speaks in Christ the mystery of God revealed. Now he says, I preached a tape here the other night, A Prisoner of Christ, Jesus Christ. Paul, a prisoner. See, when God gets you to be his prisoner, then you can't do nothing but what the Spirit says to do. Paul, with all his great intellects, he had to sacrifice every bit of it to become part of the Word to express Jesus Christ. He was forbidden to do his own will. Now, I'm, I'm going to do this differently. I, I, I wanted to speak and I thought, I, I was out for a walk today and I was listening to a tape and I thought, I, 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 I have this on my heart, but I th- the way Brother Branham brought it was just so wonderful to me. So I, I want you to think about this for a moment. And I want to play a part of this tape. But Brother Branham would talk, I, I, let me just take it this way. If you look at the life of Paul, if you look at the life of Joseph, if you look at the life of Daniel, all of these men of God were often under a political regime where they were under rules and regulations and and they were bound under that. Daniel in his time, Joseph in in his time. But yet in the middle of all of that, they still gave themselves to God. And Paul was, was... was the one that, of all men, you know, he. It, it, you look at the book of Acts, and you read Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 3, and, and you know, Acts chapter 3, they go to, to you know, at the hour of prayer. But it's, it's very quick. Something stands up, and, and there's an uproar among the religious people because there's something breaking forth. And even when the disciples, you know, the healing of one man a cripple at the gate called Beautiful caused an uproar in the kingdom of Satan. Yeah. And they, they tried to bottle them up and said, we command you to no more preach in the name of Jesus. And they beat them. <laughs> now off you go. What's the first thing they did? They went and preached in the name of Jesus. Why? You can't keep that down. So even where we are, you can say we're prisoners in the world around us. We, we, you know, we live in a godless nation, and it is a godless nation. Amen. And, and you, we live in this, and even, even what is religion is so bound up sometimes. But God has set us free to be a part of Him. Now here's Paul. He's in a prison. He's in a place, and, and now he's, he writes himself Paul, the apostle. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. And they drops all the way down to Paul, a prisoner. And Paul, I, I want to just take part of this from the tape, Paul, a prisoner. Because I, I believe that we, Brother Branham would say it so well. So, Brother Dan, if you can just get ready. We're going to play, this is about a 20-minute clip, and I, I want to play this. But I feel that we need to hear the voice. We are living in the days of the voice. But I believe there's, there's things that Brother Branham said here that I probably couldn't say the way he did. So, let's just listen to this for a bit.
2: regretting uh, anything, and saying he was sorry he was a prisoner, but he was addressing himself. I believe that Paul, as he wrote this letter, with that pen, that it was the Holy Spirit causing him to write that, that maybe even to this night that we might pull out the context of our text to show why Paul did this, because it's scriptural, and scriptural is eternal. Now, I believe that sitting in this dingy old jail that Paul wrote to, uh, to his uh, colleague here, that his brother, that he was a prisoner of Jesus Christ. So he could express it by seeing what was around him. Now he was in jail. But that wasn't what he was speaking to this, uh, this uh, uh, servant of Christ, a minister with him. He was speaking and he was a prisoner to the word of Jesus Christ, because Lord. Christ is the word. Amen. Yes, sir. And Paul had been a great scholar in his days. He had great ambitions. He was uh, he was uh, uh, a man that had been trained with, uh, by a people, a fellow by the name of Gamaliel, which was a great teacher of his day, one of the greatest Schools that he could have went to. For instance, like we say, Wheaton or Bob Jones or some great fundamental school, he'd been taught as as, as a minister of the word. And he was well educated and smart, and an intelligent boy with a great ambition of maybe someday becoming a priest or a high priest to his people. He had an ambition. And then to find that these great ambitions he had been trained for and spent all his life from maybe a, the age of about uh, 8 or 10 years old up to about 30 or 35 when he finished college and graduated and had all these diplomas and everything and studied good with all the, the clergy even to the high priest at Jerusalem he had orders from him personal orders written and trusted with this great Saul to go down to uh, Damascus and to find all those down there that worship God contrary to what he said and to find them and put them in jail. The necessary other words to put them to death if he wanted to. He he had great ambition and now all that he had trained for, God had took it all out of him. Amen. And what his objective was, And what his father had spent his money for and the ambitions of his father and mother was all, had been taken away from him because God had something else. Therefore, he was a prisoner from his objective that he had in life and he'd become a prisoner to Jesus Christ who was the Word. That road to Damascus, James Paul. Going down about 11 o'clock perhaps the of the day that he was stricken down and he heard a voice saying, Saul, why persecuted thou me? And he looked up and looking up being a Jew and knowing that pillar of fire was the Lord that led the children of Israel because he knew that's what it was. And remember, this Hebrew would have never called anything Lord. Captain Elohim, unless he had been satisfied that's what it was because he was a trained scholar. Yeah, and when he looked up and he'd seen this light, a, a pillar of fire that had led his people through the wilderness, and uh, he said, Lord, Elohim, Captain Elohim, Lord, who are you? And what a surprise it must have been to this theologian. To say, I'm Jesus. The very one that he was so against. What a turnaround. Amen. Oh, oh, it must have been something terrific for this man. But all his ambitions that he had to find out all at once he'd been persecuting, Uh, his ambitions that drove him to a to put away from the main thing that he meant to do. And what a a great shock it must have been to this apostle. When he said, I'm Jesus, the very one that he was persecuting. Why? Persecutest thou me? Amen. Another little uh, quotation we might drop in here. You see, as they make fun of the church, they're not really making fun of the church, they are making fun of Jesus. Amen. Why persecutest thou me? How could Paul, then, with all of his intellect, believe Amen. that this was, that this group that he was uh, persecuting was the very cause that he claimed to be serving? I think that, uh, without going into details, I think we're all well trained enough to know what I mean here. Amen. The same thing is happening today. Paul, through ignorance, was yet intelligent and smart, much smarter than those uneducated Galileans that he was persecuting that had already in their humility accepted this man as Lord. But Paul in his great teaching and his intellectuals could not accept that. And what a trial it must be to him on this road. And he was stricken blind, so he would not carry out his commission, but was led down to a place in a street called Straight, and the house of one. And then came the prophet down there by the name of Ananias, who saw a vision, him coming down. So who was that? Went down to where he was and went in and said, Brother Saul, the Lord... Appeared to you on the road down, and sent me that I might lay my hands upon you, and you receive your sight and be filled with the Holy yeah. Ghost. <laughs> what, what a what what a thing it must have been for Paul! See all that he had been trained to do was vice versa. Yeah, so now with uh, with all the education he had, it it was just become naught to him. Now he knew that he had an experience. So here's another good lesson for us. That experience alone isn't enough. Amen. It's got to be an experience according to the Word of the Lord. So him seeing this and knowing that it was a great something, that if somebody else had received it before him, he took three years and six months down in the, the desert in Arabia, taking the, the Bible as it was in the Old Testament, and going down there to, uh, to compare this experience that he had had, and see if it was scripture. Amen. Now it was, he said, well I guess that was just a little blow over, and it went on. Uh, I'm going to follow the interest. Now, he had to become a prisoner to something. A prisoner. So, after comparing it and seeing, no wonder he could write the book of Hebrews and a tithe. See, three years and a half laying in the Word and finding out that the very God that called him was taking him back and changing all of his interests. Amen. Changing all of the areas thought. Oh, they already trained to be all of his ambitions. Just wiped it away from him. Amen. And he became a prisoner. The love of God had been so tremendous and such a, a revelation that He could not get away from it. Amen. That's the true experience of every real believer who meets God. Hallelujah. You, you come in contact with something that's so great that you that, that you become a, a prisoner to everything else. See, you, you get away from everything to imprison yourself to this. It's expressed one time when Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is something like a man buying pearls. Now when he finds that great pearl, he sells out everything he's got to get that one. Amen. And that's why we hear you, you have an intellectual conception, you have a a, a, a theological experience. But when it comes to a time where when you, you you really find the real thing, you you just sell out everything else. Amen. And you close yourself into this. Oh knew what it was. He was he found out that he was harnessed to something. Amen. Like the a, a a horse and a harness. It's the it's the pull something. And Paul knew after this experience and <laughs> three years and a half of typing the, the experience he had with the Bible, he realized that God had chosen him as harnessing by the Holy Spirit. The experience that he had to pull the gospel in the presence of the Gentiles. Amen. The Spirit itself harnessed him. And today, as servants of Christ, we become harnessed. Hooked up. We can't Amen. go being with us. Amen. Harnessed Amen. to the word no matter what anyone else says, you're harnessed to it. There's something about it that you just can't get away from. You've been yoked up with it by the Holy Ghost and yoked you to the Word and no matter what anyone else says. It's the Word that's always. Harnessed up with it, put in a yoke with it to the Word by the Spirit. He was harnessed. He had landed on the, this backside of the Arabian desert there. When all of his former things and experiences and ambitions and have been stripped of those things. Now, that's where we find today that we must be stripped first, and people don't want to be stripped. Amen. Yeah, the Methodist brother wants to hold to a little bit of his Methodist teaching. Yes. Yeah. The Baptist brother wants to hold to a little bit of his Baptist teaching. Amen. Yeah. But you've got to absolutely be stripped of everything. Amen. Amen and just born again afresh and take up from there that the Holy Spirit leaves. You can't out. My, uh, my daddy said when he uh, got in and went into the church, he shook hands with the pastor. He's, he's a good loyal member. That might have been all right for his race, but we're another race. Amen. Hallelujah. Now we must come back to the Bible times for this day. The priest was harnessed too, But you see, they come over into a, another dispensation. And the... They failed to strip off the old harness and put on the new harness. And the same thing we find today, we did come through a denominational age. As we proved through the church ages, the Bible, and so forth. But we come now to a free age where the Holy Spirit himself comes down and vindicates himself. And makes himself known. Makes every promise that he promised come to pass. Oh, my. What a good time. And he knew that another thing, he knew he could not go to places that being harnessed to this that he would not if he didn't know he wanted to go. He knew that his ambition draw him amongst brethren. And well, he was invited to come and yet he was pressed in the spirit to be my Amen. Up. He wasn't his own. Amen. Maybe somebody could say, uh, Brother Saul, Brother Paul, we want you to come over here because we've got the biggest church, we've got the biggest congregation, your offerings will be great, and so forth, Amen. but be pressed in the Spirit. Amen. He thought, i got a brother over there, I'd like to go over and save this brother, get him to the Lord, but yet the Spirit pressed him to go somewhere else, he was a prisoner. Amen. Amen. Correctly. Oh God, make us prisoners like that. From our own selfish ambition and from our own judgments and our bitter way of thinking, to be a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I think that was a great statement. I'm a prisoner to Jesus Christ. And remember, he is the Word. <laughs> See? Yeah, no matter what anyone else thinks, it's the Word. See, if you're a prisoner to the Word, no yeah, denomination can sway you from it. it's yeah, the Word, you're, just, you're a prisoner to it. That's all. Yeah, you must act the way it acts. Now, he cannot go certain places that he wanted. Because why? The Spirit forbade him. Amen. Yeah, you remember many times that Paul was trying to go someplace, thinking that's where nice I could have a great meeting? But the Spirit would forbid him. Yeah, now, does that clearly state and prove that Paul was a prisoner? Yes. yes Amen. A prisoner to Jesus Christ. Harness to his word by the Spirit. Oh, well, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> he was bound, he was bound by chains, by a fetters of love, yeah. to do the will of God and that only. Amen. amen. He was a prisoner. He was in a of love. Uh, he was in the yoke with Christ. Amen. He could yoke us with nothing else. Amen. He was yoked with him. Amen. And where the lead went, that's where he had to amen. go. Amen. Regardless how green the pastor on this side of that side, he had to go all the way the leader in the yoke went.
1: Amen.
2: Uh, oh, tonight. If we as the people of could only become prisoners to our own selfish deeds, to our own ambitions, that we could completely surrender ourselves and be yoked to him. No matter what the rest of the world thinks, Amen. what the rest of the world does, we're yoked. With fetters of love, we are prisoners. My feet is so yoked to Christ, it won't dance. My eyes are so yoked to Christ. that I when I see these modern striptease on the street, it turns my head. My my heart is so yoked in love to Him that I can't have love right for of this world anymore. My will is so yoked to Him that I don't even want to know what my ambitions are. Just wherever you lead, our will follow. correctly a prisoner. He wasn't making any wrong statement. He was trained by the Holy Ghost, again, to wait on the Word. Amen. Now, he was trained one way, but, but God had trained him another way now. He was trained by the Holy Spirit to wait upon the Lord. Amen. No matter what his ambitions were. Now, I'm going to uh, uh, <coughs> hope for the Holy Spirit show you something. Amen. Now let's just take an instance. One day, Paul and Silas coming down the street in a certain city where they holding a revival, and a little demon possessed girl just following, crying out after him. And no doubt, what Paul w- knows that he has the authority as an apostle to rebuke that evil spirit out of that woman. But did you notice he waited day after day until all of a sudden the Holy Spirit spoke to him. Amen. This is the hour. They he said, "Now, Spirit, come out of them." See, Amen. he knew to wait on the Lord. Amen. And there were so many people they to reproach upon the word. They go. Out with an ambition. How many revivals have been left back because of a thing like that? Because the evangelists don't wait to see what the Lord has got to say. Some of them say, come over here. And they, they go right now because the, the association says go. And the Holy Spirit would say something different, yet the ambition of the man to become the state president or, or something or other or some... Uh, an uh, elder or some bishop or something, was glory, you must go. And yet he knows that the Holy Spirit does go here. See, he's yoked to his organization. He's a prisoner to the organization. Now, if he's yoked to Christ, he's left out of the Holy Spirit. He's yoked to prison. Don't matter what anything else is, it's a... It's a, a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. He hears only the voice of God, and he speaks only when it comes out. He says nothing. Somebody say, uh, Old Brother Jones, or uh, Brother Roberts, or some of these great men in our lands today. Like uh, Tommy Hicks, or, or uh, uh, Old Roberts, or, or uh, Brother Tommy Alfred, some of those great evangelists. If some would say, say, Come over here, honey. You're a, a great man of God, a And uh, I, I got a, a uncle that's right over here that's, that's all oh, bound. And he's uh, he's sick. I want you to come over. I'll be you are to See? I believe you have the strength to heal. See? And maybe the Holy Spirit would say to him, Not now. But yet, to the friendship of that man, he's duty that to go with him. Uh, if he don't, he becomes an enemy to that man. That man said, Well, he wants to so and he or that child or that boy, I know he did. And I've been his friend for years. Oh, yeah. And he wouldn't come to my place. But if he's constrained by the Holy Spirit not to go, he better not go. Yeah. If he's left to God, he's friend, he loves. he yeah. better be led by the Holy Spirit to go there because it won't do any good anyhow. Yeah. I have experienced that so many times. But Paul just waited for the Spirit to tell him what to do. Well, when the Spirit left, he stood one night preaching and walked out there and he seen a crippled man. And all he wants, the Spirit spoke Yeah, And he said, I perceive. I, the same way he perceived he going to be erect upon an island. Yeah. Hey? Yeah. I perceive that you are Face to he'll stop on your feet, Jesus. As you Now There he you was, are. He was yoked. He might have held a week's revival there and nothing had happened, but yet he waited for the Holy Spirit to say. See, he was yoked to that appeal. Now you say, Brother Dan, you're condemning what you said Sunday. About, you've been waiting all this time. But you remember, it was the Holy Spirit that spoke to me yesterday on the road instead of sending you back amongst the to stick in the hey, Amen. It's obedience to the Holy Spirit. Yes. Sure. I didn't go until he told me to do it. I was waiting for thus saith the Lord until I got thus saith the Lord. Now, hey, really if that makes a difference, yes, he waited for the word of the law. He was pressed in the Spirit to do only God's bidding. That he become a prisoner of, of Jesus Christ. Friends, if we could only become prisoners, that it's hot. But I, I like to name a couple more characters. But I got? But I like to name just another character too. Let's take the character Moses. He was uh, born a deliverer, and he he, he knew that. That he was born a deliverer. But before I say about Moses, I'd like to make the statement that God always has to take any man that will serve him truly to be his prisoner. A man has to surrender every ambition he's got, everything that he is, every everything is life, soul, body, will, ambitions, and everything else, and become a complete a prisoner to Christ who is the Word yeah. to serve God. You might have to walk contrary to a better judgment, maybe in a certain organization you might think that they could lift you up and give you something good that you might pray. But what do you find yourself? You find yourself defeated after a while, until God can get a man that's willing to become a prisoner to Him, God is looking for prisoners. He's always done it. You might search it through the Scripture. A man has to be a prisoner to Christ. Against anything, therefore you cannot be connected with anything but Christ. Even your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, your husband, your wife, anybody. You're only connected with Christ and Him only. Then God can use you. Until then, you can't. Oh uh, yeah, sometimes it speaks of what s- the people. See, I- I'm trying to get you to cut loose. You've got to have a starting place. I like, got uh, sometimes call out the women, bobbing their hair and wearing these clothes and holding, maintaining their Christian profession. Say that's the little thing. Well, you've got to start somewhere. Somebody So begin right there with your A, B, C, and cut loose the way he looks anyhow, and become a prisoner to Christ. And then just keep on cutting loose everything. The so final, the last line is cut loose. And then you're,
1: you're, you are a prisoner. Then you become in his grip. You, he's got you in his grip. Amen. I, I think that's, that's good. That's where, that's where there's a bride under the headship. We can talk about a cloud coming down. But that's the head. That was the representation. There's got to be a body on earth. And there's only one body that is completely sold out to him, and that's the bride of Christ. And we can say we're a part of it, but it takes a continual giving to that. I mean, as the musicians come, I won't linger longer today, but I just want to bring two points and, and do this. But in paragraph 82, where Brother Branham would speak, and he would say, you, you come in contact with something that's so great. That you've become a prisoner to it. You can't get away from it. You get into meet God one time, and I'll say this you don't ever want to leave that. Now, the devil will do everything he can to throw you. You're still in the flesh, but we're of those that have no confidence in the flesh. We give ourselves to the Word of God and prayer. And I, I would say, you know, as, as Brother Brandon would say, you sell out your ambitions, you die out daily, you give yourself to Him. And the other thing is, as you feed on the Word, you, you, you become so conditioned that anything that's contrary, you pick up on it right away. That's, that's where God wants to get a people. I, I, I want to be found in that place. Do you love Him tonight? Amen. Let's stand together. Amen. Lead me, Lord, and I will follow. Lead me, me Lord. you're singing we had some meetings where different ones came up to the front you you committed yourself to God but now you got to keep giving yourself to him and we don't have the atmosphere maybe we don't have the expectation that we did on the weekend but that same God is here and in the quietness and the stillness you say Lord I'm not my own I belong to you I want you to lead me And you make this song truthfully, saying, Lord, I want to be led of you. I don't want to let my flesh overtake my ambitions, my desires. I have many accounts of different people They were on their road to becoming something. Charles Finney was a lawyer and and had ambitions for things, and just a nominal Christian hung around but he came into the presence of God once and he laid it all down because he knew in his heart God had placed something he said if I'm ever called of God I know I'm going to preach and he became one of the greatest preachers I know other people just nominal people all kinds of ambitions and goals I'm going to do this in this life I'm going to achieve this but then they met God and it doesn't mean that you, you just do nothing no, but now it's channeled to the will of God. Can you sing this tonight? Lead me Lord and I will follow. Let's sing it. Lead me me Lord on this what does it mean in your life what happened in the garden Jesus died so completely the greatest death was in Gethsemane not on the cross it was in Gethsemane where he gave his will over not my will but yours Lord I want to be so in love with him I want to be found walking in him that's the only safe place I don't want my own will. I want to be led of Him. The footsteps of a righteous man are led of the Lord. And that, that's not just men, but it's for sisters. We want to be found. Young person, what, what I want to be spending my time in, I want to be spending it not knowing what's ahead. I was a young person once, and, and when God called me, I, I just felt so two things. I thought... I can't whole have my own friends anymore. I just got to have the Lord. And the only place I knew to find Him was in prayer and I'd listen to messages and study. And I, I would say, even just coming in fellowship and encouraging and speaking to one another. We, we had fellowship this last weekend, and I'll tell you what, it was sweet fellowship. So when you're in a room fellowshipping, Ah, oh, we did this and, that, that, and that's, that's nice. But what about recognizing who's sitting around the table with you? That God is there. What about when you're in your car alone? And you're driving. I, I want to be His. How, how do you become the bride of Christ? It's not just, I come to church, I do this, I follow this. No, it's, it's a walk and a relationship. Amen. Well, let's, let's just sing another chorus as we... Can we sing, No Longer a Slave? I know we talked about being a prisoner, but I'm not a slave to the world. Let's just sing that, and then we're going to close.
0: You unravel
1: unravel me me with a melody.
0: You surround me with a song. I am no longer a slave to fear.